Amen. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us. We believe that the Lord wants to speak. As I said earlier, I really feel like the Lord was beginning to um, speak to us about uh, healing. I, I don't know. I just really felt that, that the Lord wants to mend broken hearts, broken relationships even. And, you know, Mother's Day is one of the most attended services of the year. You have Christmas. We have Easter. We talked about that. We have Christers that just come on Christmas and Easter. But Mother's Day is another very well-attended uh, Sunday. And it's okay. We have, after service, you, and we want everyone to come take a picture in front of our backdrop over here. We have a gift for all of our mothers. But those things don't mean anything if God is not speaking. How many of y'all would agree with that? I don't know about you, but I need my life to be changed. I don't need another thing. I don't need, we definitely don't need another picture. Hello? I don't need another picture from my Instagram or my Facebook. I need Jesus to come and change me. And it's easy for me to say that about social media because I hardly post anything. I'm just going to say, I wasn't planning on saying this, but you know what, when people post, and I'm learning, I'm trying to change my thinking, but when people post stuff on social media, you know what it's like? It's like getting a chair, I'm not going to stand on it, but it's like getting a chair, putting it in front and standing on it, saying, everyone come over here, look at this, I got something to say, look how beautiful my family looks. That's how, that's the, was like my, literally my first picture. Now, I've come to understand it's a great tool. People want to keep up with other people, and that's okay. But how many times do we go into, hey, we want people to look at me? And so, anyways, that's, this is not about social media. Actually, we're going to talk about it more in a, in a little bit, but it's not about that. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. I was so excited to start talking about that. But we're here with, oh, to take a picture. If we are here to be changed, amen? We're here for transformation, and so... I believe the Lord wants to speak. Um, a couple announcements. First of all, sorry, I need to do this real quick. I need to, because the microphone keeps coming up. There we go. Um, a couple announcements. Uh, youth camp. I haven't mentioned it, but I needed to mention it because we are like less than two months out. My life was changed at youth camp. I went to several youth camps. Um, parents, mothers, it's Mother's Day. Send your children to youth camp. Find a way to send them. We will also help you if you need help, but... This is, you, there is, I've gone to school, I have a bachelor's degree, I started a master's degree, I've been able to do all these things. None of those things changed me. When I went to youth camp and I was put in a controlled environment to hear God's voice, that is what changed me. And so, I, parents, there is no greater investment that you can put in your kids in to send them. What if they don't want to go? Do they get to decide whether they go to school on Monday morning? Okay. Send them to camp. You will not regret it. Send them consistently. Get them plugged in small in youth group, small group. And so um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Also, um, we are having nights of prayer every Sunday night at 7 p.m. One of the reasons we're doing it is because we're growing. And so this service is pretty much full. Um, a, a service that's full usually has a few seats in between people, and that's where we're at right now. We are praying about whether we need to add another service, whether we need to change times, maybe we need to go to another building. This is one of the reasons we're praying. And so we would invite you to come and join us on Sunday night, uh, tonight at 7 p.m. and join with us until, we're going to uh, pray until the end of the month. We have so like three, two or three more nights of prayer. Please join us as we see what God wants to do. Also, if you're not volunteering, we would love for you to volunteer. If you've been attending two to three months, we would love for you to come to sign up and see what God wants to do in your life as you serve. Amen? So we got a special Mother's Day service. I want to invite up these beautiful women to come on up, and they're going to be speaking to us this morning. 
Amen. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Amen. All right. Yes, you can sit down. Yes. Don't they look beautiful? So we've done this the past couple of years, and I really felt like we were supposed to do it one more time, and so we are having uh, these mothers to come up and just really share their experiences uh, as, with being a mom and raising children, and uh, I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate to their experience. I have a couple of quotations that I want to throw up on the screen, so if you um, can look up, look, look up there. Um, we have a quote from George Washington. He said this, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I owe to my mother, I, I, all I am I owe to my mother, I attribute all my successes in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. How many of y'all would agree with that? Amen? Amen. Billy Sunday was a, a um, very well-known preacher in the 1800s. He said this, I don't believe there are devils enough to pull a boy out of the arms of a godly mother. I believe that. I really believe that. And then Billy Graham said this, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. And I, I believe that too. All these are, I'm, I, I'm in agreement with. Mothers, what your job many times is a thankless job. But guess what? God sees the investment you're pouring into your children. Ricky Lake said this, motherhood is the greatest thing and the hardest thing. How many of y'all would agree? Something you love so much can frustrate you just as much on the other side. This is why I think it's the greatest thing but yet hardest thing. Because mothers are given the divine privilege to birth, listen, divine privilege to birth, nurture, and raise children to reflect God's love and character to the world. You have been entrusted with this tiny human being who's going to grow up to be bigger than you to reflect God's love and character to the world. I said, I said this the last service. I forgot when I said it, but my parents raised us in such a way where we never, we never once questioned if there was a God. How many of you would love for your kids to never ever question if God is real? You have the ability to give that gift to them. It doesn't, it's not going to come naturally or easy. It is, it is a commitment that obviously mothers you want to do and sometimes it gets hard, but it is something that you're able to give to your children is, is to buy your character, buy you the way you live your life to show them, hey, God is real because look at me. We have that ability. It is the hardest thing and greatest thing because we, we have been given the ability to share God's love with the rest of the world. Now, we have to look at our responsibility through the context of the Word of God. You may not, if you've been coming, you've heard me say this a couple of times, but mothers, did you know it doesn't matter what job your kids have, what school they get into, what sport they play, what scholarship they get if they don't know Jesus? I've, I have, a, I said this, I have a bachelor's degree, gone and um, worked on my master's and gone and done all these great things. None of those things in the end have mattered to me. It is realizing that I'm a son of God. Truly, truly, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I would give all those things up if I still knew I was the son of God. 
It is not your responsibility for them to do all these other things. Now, this is going to be the temptation. When we walk out and say, okay, I'm going to get them to know Jesus, hear his voice, and that's going to be part of who I want them to become. If we do that, how many of you know that life will get a hold of us and we will forget about God? It's very, 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 very easy. Your main responsibility is to teach them, and I I said this earlier, it is not my job to teach your children to know Jesus. It's not our youth pastor's job or our kids pastor or any of our uh, kids workers or youth workers. It is your job to teach them the word of God. Now, it's my job and others to equip you. Okay, we're going to partner. We're not doing this. You're not doing this alone. But only you can pray with them before they go to bed. Only you can wake up with them and pray with them before they go to school. Only you can each day teach them the word of God. So I want to encourage you. You have been, not only do you have the mandate or the responsibility, but you also have the grace to be able to do it. Grace is God's divine enablement, meaning with that responsibility, God has given you a way to do it. Our responsibility is to focus on that. The Bible says if we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. All these things you want for your kids, I, I am very blessed in, in every sense of the, the world, in, in the carnal or worldly way. I'm very blessed, but I really believe it's because my parents taught us to put God first, and then all of these things come. Did you know only peace and joy and these things that really matter can come from knowing Jesus? Did you know if you have so much money, it doesn't bring peace? So why are we pushing, I can keep going, why are we pushing these things? We want them, the most important thing is we want them to be happy, right? But you know, happiness doesn't come from any of those things. It comes from knowing Jesus because only peace and joy come from knowing Jesus. I, want to, I'm, I know I'm, it's kind of a hard word, but we want our, if you want the best life for your kids, introduce them to Jesus every single day. Get them to know him, hear his voice, and follow him. Amen? Amen. Okay, enough about that. We have uh, five beautiful mothers with us this morning, including my mother. Love her so much. Thankful for her. My dad will say, and my dad doesn't give himself enough credit, but um, my mom is uh, extremely instrumental in teaching us to, to know Jesus, hear his voice, and follow him. I would not be where I am today without you, Mom. And I'm so thankful that you, you gave up a, a career. She, was, she had several things that she was going to do. She gave up a career to raise me, Elsa, Mark, and John. And we have never one time questioned whether God is real or how much God loves us because of your example to us. And so I honor you this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first question. I want us just to go down the line. Please tell us your name, how many kids you have, and what their names are. And you can throw in their ages if you want. Uh, My name is Leticia Zuniga, and I have four children. Joshua, who is 32 Elsa, who's 31, and Mark and John that are 26. Hi, I'm Amanda Bautista, and I, we have a blended family, so we have six children altogether. Um, I have three bonus sons, um, Daniel, who's 26, Benjamin, he's 25, Julius is 16, um, Ivan is 12, Nayeli is 11, and Jackson is 10. Good job, good job. Uh, my name is Debbie Arredondo, and I have two kids. Chris, he's 40, and Amanda's 34, and I have six grandchildren. 
my name is Miriam Guevara. I have two handsome young men. <laughs> Julian Guevara, he's 14, and Isai Gonzalez, uh, 10, fixing to be 11 pretty soon. Uh, my name is Sandra Prieto, and I have an eight-year-old little girl, and her name is Giselle. Awesome. So we'll start this way. Um, please, uh, I want everyone to share a memory, a favorite memory that you have with your mother. I think for me, ever since I was little, and it goes to both of my parents, but there's never a day that passed that they didn't tell us I love you or showed us, you know, emotions and all that. And to me, that's just something very special because every single day I've been told I love you. So, yeah. I love that. For me, I'm going to say, well, for my mom, um, always a God-fearing woman, praying. Of course, she was always present. I can remember being little in award ceremonies and all that. She was always, always, always present. But the most important thing is God-fearing and praying mother that I know that is why I'm here today, for sure. Amen. <laughs> and um, I just know the love that she had for us, for each one of our, well, there's five of us. And she always gave up herself, never ever questioned of what she was doing for us. Uh, she showed us the love that she had for each one of us and also for my dad. Um, that's what I, and she was always praying for us as well. Um, my best memory of my mother is, um, well, she worked at the middle school I went to. So I went to a private school. And so to go to um, a public junior high was, terrifying to me. I didn't know why there were so many kids in this one school. And so, but her being there, I seriously had her walk me to class every day for like a week because <laughs> I didn't want to go by myself. So I think that's the best memory. It helped our relationship. I mean, that was a crucial time. Middle school is no joke. So I think that was the best time that we've ever had. Um, the best memory of my mom is uh, my mom had a business. My dad kept busy with a ranch and we always used to, as big as we were, sit on her lap. She'd always kiss us, and um, we were never too big to sit on her lap. And she always, you know, we knew she was there, even um, as busy as she was. We always, mornings, we'd go and we'd all climb up her lap. We were big and <laughs> climbed on her lap. I love that. When you had your first child, what was one thing that most surprised you about becoming a parent? Like I said earlier, it was nothing like the baby commercials you see on TV at all. <laughs> it was completely different. And uh, you know, it was just like, I had to become responsible right away. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think for me is, um, it doesn't matter how old you are. I think you're not prepared. You're just like, wow, right? But what was good enough for you as a single person is not good enough anymore. So. Um, you have to give more, try harder. Yes. And um, me, it was the first time I saw him. I couldn't believe he was mine. <laughs> and the love that you have for him, you know. And everybody kept telling me that um, you're not going to sleep anymore once he's born. And, and no, he was perfect. <laughs> Came home and he slept all night. <laughs> um, I think mine was, I didn't realize I could love somebody more than I loved myself. I was young whenever I had Julius, so I was 18. So, I mean, a selfish 18-year-old, of course, so I didn't realize I could love somebody as much as I loved him. 
to me, that's exactly right. The love that you have automatically. I understood my mom's love. I could always see it on her lap, and, and my kids can too. Oh, that's what she thought when she saw me when I came out. <laughs> I, I joked last year. I, I was like, "Man, we had such a perfect family before Elsa came along." I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know what? They've provided laughs, so I mean, at least that's that's good. I'm just kidding. Okay, what is one of the sweetest things your kids have said to you or have done for you? One of the sweetest things. Mine's is when she just prays over me, or like even in the mornings when I'm dropping her off at school, she's just like, Lord, please help my mom and let her have a good day, and just how grateful she is, and she'll thank me just for the littlest things, so that's, that means a lot. I think for me, the sweetest things just... Um, they always uh, remind me, Mom, you're beautiful, or even when you're sad or down and their little hands on your face, you know, wiping off tears, or, you know, when you're not doing so great. But one of my greatest memories, probably not um, sweet, but one of my greatest memories that I can recall is when Julian told me he wanted to get baptized, and wow. that is just amazing for me. It was not a good time in my life. came like a big shock because I had not talked to him about it, as bad as that sounds, but... When he came to me, I had been praying and praying, um, and I just felt like God wasn't near, but it was really me, and that was definitely um, a very important time in my life that I, God revealed himself to me, and I have an amazing young man that is now baptized, of course. Amen. <laughs> um, mine, the sweetest thing they've done to me is tell me how much they love me, but also because they Bless me with six grandchildren. <laughs> Amen. That's the biggest blessing. <laughs> Amen. Mine is, well, so they always encourage me. They always tell me how proud I, they are of me. But Julius always sends me a message in, like, Mother's Day or for my birthday to let me know how proud he is of me and, and everything I've done for him. And it just, it's a great feeling. Um, some of the proudest things um, of all my kids was what I was teaching them they were getting. Joshua was five years old, and we had a Father's Day um, parade, it was called, at our church that we were going to. He was five, and so I said, Joshua, you're going to get on the stage. You're going to talk about this. It was like a talent show. So I gave him a little speech, and he was going to be a past, a preacher. And so he put in a suit, and he did. He did as I told him to. And it was really cute, but he was an obedient. And Elsa, too, she mimicked me when I, I had twins. And so um, I would sit them on high chairs and feed them. And so she would also put her three, no, it was four chairs, a little table had four chairs, her, her animals, and she would also feed them like that, you know. <laughs> and it's just the idea uh, that they mimic what you do. Mark and John, I always pray for my kids every night before they went to sleep. So they would always, something that they wouldn't go to sleep till I prayed with them. Mom, mom, but I had to go up the stairs and say, hold on, I'm praying for Josh. I'll be there. I'm praying for Elsa. But just to know the proudness and the, that they are copying and they're remembering when I'm stealing in them. Amen. Okay. Now, on the flip side, what's one of the craziest or funniest things they have done to you or embarrassed you? Oh. I think one of the craziest things, one day my sister was watching Giselle, and she was about one, and my sister calls me, she's like, Giselle just flew out the window, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I ran home, you know, and she, she was always on the go, so she was running down the sofa, and she just dived out the window. And so when I asked, I was like, Giselle, what happened? She was like, a window. 
So yeah, that was crazy. I kind of was talking to my kids and just trying like, hey, can we, and we always have, you know, laughs and stuff, but we just remember different times. They don't ever let me forget my, like, if I've ever fallen, they always remember those, uh, always remind me, like, remember that one time you fell? Uh, it's like, I don't remember anything about them to get them back, you know, just my mind goes blank, but um, we were talking about this one time that we were on vacation, and that's one of the one things that we remember is we were on vacation, we were on the beach, and I was with another crowd of adults and we were in deep conversation, you know, my kids know not to interrupt you when you're talking to another adult, don't interrupt me. And my little one was like, mom, 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 over and over and over and over again. I'm like, finally, you know, I got frustrated, right? Like, what, Isai? I touched a crab. That's all he wanted to tell me, <laughs> that he had touched a crab, right? But we, that's one of our biggest <laughs> memories that we have and that's what we could think of. But uh, yeah, they never let me forget that. Mom, remember that one time you fell? But anyways, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen today. <laughs> um, mine was, uh, my son came home from uh, college. Uh, he came and he said, Mom, I have two job offers. And I said, wonderful, which one are you going to take? He said, well, on one of them, I have to know Spanish. And I'm like, okay, well, then you have to take the other one. And he said, no, teach me. Please teach me. I said, I can't teach you overnight. But I have tried in 18 years, I can't teach you overnight. So he had to end up having to take the one that paid the less. <laughs> and, the, and this one, she, um, she and her brother had, were not very close when they were little, but they got closer. And she did not like my, my son having a girlfriend. And so now it's his wife. And she would, Jennifer would call and, Je and Amanda would be on the phone on the landline. And she would put her on hold. Just leave her there. Just leave her there. She may or may not have told Chris. And, or if she came over, she would just tell her, okay, shut the door. But wouldn't let her come <laughs> And now, now she says if she had to pick with, between either one of them, she would pick Jennifer. <laughs> So mine was recently, my daughter decided, we were at small group on a Friday night, my daughter decided, her and my son, decided they were going to bake me a cake. And well, Nayeli didn't believe in some of the ingredients that went into the cake, so she just decided to not put them in there. So I thought she made or brought out a cheesecake that I had bought and just put it on a nice platter and you know, was gonna give it to us. Well, no, it was a raw cake. But she made sure to put like a mustache, she drew on a mustache and everything and she put, you know, her um, towel over her arm and she was our little waitress or waiter, waitress. And yeah, it was, a, it was super funny. And she went to explain to us everything she did step by step and it was not a good cake. <laughs> <laughs> the thought that counts though, right? Um, some of the funniest things of each one of my children is one, Joshua, sorry about this, Joshua. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was about five years old, and we always sat at church in the front or second pew. And uh, in the front, always sat the youth. And so um, Joshua tooted. He farted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all the youth looked back to see who had done that. And they looked back, and he pointed at me. <laughs> and then I looked at him and said, it was him. <laughs> and that was silly, an adult and a child getting into us who didn't. I had to be quick on my feet early, so. 
Um, another, with Elsa, um, she used to play soccer, but I had a big old bouncy ball that you actually exercise on. And her and her friend were downstairs, and she must have been about seven. She was a soccer player. So they got to kicking that ball in there. And then she came up and she says, Mom, the ceiling fan is going like this. <laughs> and I said, why? She says, well, I don't know. They were kicking the big soccer, I mean, it's not a soccer ball, big old bouncy ball, those big ones around there. Um, Mark and John, uh, they, they were very mischievous. They did so many things together. Um, they flushed little bitty toys down the toilet. I never needed a plumber. I had to get a plumber. My contacts at that time, they weren't like the daily disposables like I do wear now. They were those that you wear once a year, half a year. Well, they flushed my contacts down the toilet. And uh, lots of situations that they did. A brand new computer, that way was a gateway. They put things inside the tower, and it was brand new, wouldn't work. And I mean, things like that, they went on and on. At least I didn't cost mom money. Marcus, <laughs> I just embarrassed her. <laughs> okay, what's the next question? All right. My mom already kind of mentioned this earlier, but is there a memory you have where your children finally understood something you were trying to teach them? I'm still working on that. <laughs> Same. I think we kind of discussed that, and I'm like, y'all just don't listen, though. <laughs> I'm like, what? What have we accomplished? But um, my oldest, uh, Julian's kind of learning how to drive. So, like, you know, just me kind of telling him, you know, how to kind of balance the brake and gas and but I think that's one of maybe our recent most lessons in him trying to learn how to drive. Uh, mine was my son, um, I, he was already in college and came back and had written my mom a letter thanking her for everything she did and what mm -hmm. she had tried to instill in him and came over and talked to me about uh, thanking me for the things that I had tried to tell him to not to do that were gonna hurt him and, and now he understood and so that was, that was really good. And this one, whenever she was in a relationship, <laughs> you know, I tried to tell her how toxic it was and how, how men aren't supposed to treat women like that. And afterwards, she came and apologized and said how grateful she was for trying to lead her in the right way. <laughs> I think mine is with my son Jackson, like to teach him the power of prayer. Um, couple of weeks ago we came to nights of prayer and he was there lifting his hands praying and so to a mom that's exactly what you want like that's exactly what I want my kids to do and um, to me and all my adult kids now I was a uh, very I was strict with my kids but I did it because the word said to do so and it, and I was their parents that they weren't my friends and um, so I loved them like that so I was kind of hard on them but now they see in working with people because they are ministers, how um, parents ought to do that. They need to put the word in them. It's the word, teach them by example and not by being friends to them. And they see that now. Yep, now we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how has having children affected your relationship with God? What have you learned about your relationship with God uh, about what have you learned about your relationship with your Heavenly Father from your relationship with your children? So, okay, I know that was a lot. How has having children affected your relationship with God? What have you learned from your relationship 
um, with your kids about our relationship with them? I think, like, like I said in the first service, like before I had my daughter, you know, I think I took my relationship with God for granted. I took my time with him for granted, you know, and I had all this time to be praying and all this stuff, and I just never took advantage of that. And after I had my daughter, I found myself struggling to make that time with him. And I think learning now, it's just like now, anytime I have an opportunity with him, I just find it so grateful and I'm so blessed for that. For me, it's going to be the never-ending grace and forgiveness that we understand as mothers that there's nothing that they can do that will make us love them any less. And I think I can compare that to my relationship with my Heavenly Father. There's nothing that I can do that he'll ever turn me away. And just like we love our children, um, nothing we can ever do or nothing they'll ever do will make me love them any less. The same, I think that unconditional love that God has for us, we have it for our children and our grandchildren. Um, you know, they they may make mistakes and stuff, but we know that they know that we love them just like God knows that. We know that God loves us no matter what we do. And um, I just feel that unconditional love that he has for us, we have for our children as well. I think with me, my kids started to come here with my mom before I ever came. So my kids are the ones who brought me to church. So just to see that through them, like, it's amazing. And just to know that he can use our children to talk to us whenever we really need it. Um, with me, that I'm so thankful that I know the Lord because um, only through his grace and mercy can I continue to do that uh, to my young children, as it were, and not adult kids. Because even though they are smart, they know the Lord, they fear God and all, uh, there's wisdom in age. So the patience that I have to have and the grace and the mercy. That's good. Okay, how about this? What are some challenges you face raising children in this generation that maybe your parents didn't have um, when they were raising you? And... Yeah, what are some challenges? I think now it's just, like, being more precautious with them. You know, like, before when I was young, if I wanted to go over to a friend's house, it was easy for them to say, you know, just go. But nowadays, it's so hard, and, you know, with all the things that are going on. So I think it's just, like, the safety and protection nowadays is way different from when it was back then. Right. Right, I agree with that, too. Um, just the different, we would just come and go. We'd be gone all day or stuff like that. Now, a generation now is, like, you got to be so careful, even with family or, you know, close friends or anything like that. But definitely the electronics part of mm -hmm. our generation now, for sure. We didn't have all that growing up. But um, I think that's one of the harder parts, I think, is finding a balance with all of that. Yep. Yes, um, I think so, too, with my grandkids. They're always on their devices or watching TV or... Or I said, you know, when I was growing up, we'd go outside and make dishes out of mud, and mm -hmm. we could go out and play, and, and we didn't have our, our parents sitting right there in the porch watching them because, I mean, we, they knew that we were safe outside, playing outside, and it's just so different from when I was growing up mm -hmm. to watching my grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, technology and, I mean, YouTube alone is, is what I have to watch my kids with. Like, I'm... The other day, I think we saw somebody that was trying to teach the kids how to um, be a brat. And so just trying to, like, make sure that they don't watch wow. things like that, not to let that into themselves. And, and I mean, because that's not who they were raised to be. That's not a child of God. Right. Um, well, now, uh, my kids are adults, and I see that as um, 
when they were younger, uh, in high school especially, they saw their friends, actually I schooled them, but they, they, did, they were out of the house quite a bit with uh, taekwondo and piano and other situation sports. And uh, we didn't have TV or, or things that we could have had then, but it was a choice that I did. Uh, uh, not to do that to my children because that was out in, uh, in the open and, and teachings that the world would show them instead of uh, um, me what I was trying to do with them. Now as adults, um, I still pray because they still have that problem. There's TikTok, there's a lot of things that I see on media that it's just not a good thing. A lot of sexual things are happening there mm -hmm. and other situations. And yeah. I pray for my kids because they're like everybody here is in that generation. We're all in that, and we still have to make a decision not to put those visions and those things in our lives because we will mimic eventually the more we watch it. And you know what? A lot of us do. Right. You know, um, I wanted to just stop and say something. So do any adults, any adults in here have problems with being on social media too much? Just be honest. I mean, I know I do. I'm like, why am I scrolling through this? I just saw it like two minutes ago. <laughs> Right? Facebook, Instagram. Listen to this. If you have an issue controlling how much you're on social media, what kind of self-control do you think your kids have? Um, one of the, ama I, I remember whenever I was like 17, 16, maybe 18, I remember getting a smartphone and I remember being able to go to ESPN.com and see all of the scores from my Spurs and from, you know, Longhorns, whoever else I was watching. And I thought, man, that is amazing. I remember when our society was able to have access to everything on the Internet. And many of you all remember that. And that was, that was within when I was a kid. Um, I think our world has seen just the possibilities with that. And we have not seen some of the negative things that have come along. Um, I know what it, what it is to deal with lust. I know many of us do too. Did you know your kids can see things far worse today on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook than some of us just struggled with growing up? Did you know that? I remember listening to a Christian counselor, psychiatrist, and she was, I forgot which show she was on, but she was talking about social media and she said, and this is a woman who's a professional who was on this on this podcast and she was talking to you know this 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 gentleman this audience she said there is no reason for our children to have social media i know that is a very 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 unpopular belief she said you have no idea and we're going to find out this, I, this era of social media, do you know it's still kind of brand new? Especially with TikTok and, and these types of things, it's still brand new. We have yet, listen carefully, parents, we have yet to see the consequences that social media has on our children. I know what it's done to me. I know what it's done to some of my friends. Our children who have unlimited access, unfortunately, sometimes to some of these things, we have yet to see the consequences of social media. The constant comparison, especially for females, but also for, for, for males too, the constant comparison is, well, I don't look like that. We all know, we've seen, we've seen the videos. A lot of these pictures, they're not real. These lifestyles, they're not real. They're, not, they're just not real. And if they are real, they're the top 001% of the entire world or entire country that have access to these things. 
And yet we have social media that is driving. We have somebody like Kim Kardashian, Kardashian or whoever else who can post something and make millions of dollars with one post. And it's, they're making this money because they have so many kids and children and young adults looking at them. It's not real. Social media, and, and this, is, this is part of, this is one of the huge challenges in parenting today. Are we as parents going to take, our, take accountability for how we're allowing our children to have access to these things? Again, let me tell you, some of y'all, you may, you may disagree, but we have yet to see the consequences of social media. I love the Lord. I, I'm very secure in my walk with the Lord. Very secure, as secure as whatever. I know how it can pull at my heart. So I can imagine how it's pulling at our kids' hearts. We as parents, and it's not a popular thing, your kids. My mom, she said this earlier. She said, you know, she wasn't our friend. And that's the truth. We weren't friends. And I, I really never saw her as a friend. But I am extremely thankful today for what, what for her and my dad did for me and my siblings because now we know the Lord. And now we're not in some of these, some of these situations that we could be in. It's going to take courageous parenting and parenting that is full of God's wisdom. And the only way we can do it is if we focus on a relationship with the Lord. Is this okay? I don't know this is really hard. Is this okay for me to say? What I don't want is for your children to grow up and you cry every night because they don't know the Lord or because they're doing something that's extremely harmful to them. This is what we're trying to prevent. And many of us have been down that road, right? So why wouldn't we want to keep them from this same type of future? Let's, I, I, just, I really felt that social media needed to be addressed. And I know each of y'all have seen some of those effects. Um, anyways, that's enough about that. But I love y'all and I say all that because I care for your kids and I want them to know Jesus. Last question. What is something you now know about parenting that you wish you knew when your kids were younger? I think for me it's just that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. You know, uh, I think I had to learn how to depend on God and fully surrender my daughter to him in order for him to show me in what way to lead her. So, yeah, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Amen. Same for me is... Um, just being OCD about trying to just be a perfect parent and um, they don't need a perfect mom. They need a happy and healthy mom um, that making mistakes, even yes. me, myself, that it, it's okay and it's a learning process. Um, but I think one of the biggest things, and I think we've all probably heard of this, but there's times that you come to realize that you need them more than they probably need you. And I think that's been very clear to me now as they've gotten older and as we've gone through situations through obstacles together good and bad but i i i need those hugs more than they need yeah. mine i believe but that's for sure the same um where i mean they know that i'm not a perfect mother you know i've made mistakes in front of them and but i know that their love for me is is really deep and uh, the same for me for them you know i know they're not perfect i know they make mistakes just like like all of us but i they know how much i love them and i have that love that no matter what they do i mean i'm there for them no matter what yep. i think I, <clears throat> I think with me it's um 
just that everything else can wait. Like, you don't have to worry about what the house looks like. You don't have to worry about anything like that. Like, everything else can wait and just spend time with the kids. That's good. And to me, um, knowing that I wasn't perfect before God, I did the best I could. But what I would have done different is to involve my husband with the kids more. I was home all the time, and I knew exactly what they needed and how to, what the reasoning was behind the discipline part of it. And, uh, you know, he was out working, and me to respect him, um, just uh, come home, honey, I had his dinner, and so on. And I do believe that you address a situation at the time that it happens. Um, maybe more disciplinary can happen later, but it has to be addressed then, because a child does know at your grocery store what they can get away with because they don't want to be embarrassed, and your thing is not about them getting embarrassed, it's about them being addressed. So um, if my husband, I would have included him more in uh, at working as parents together. Yep. It has to be a together yep. thing. Because yep. if you yep. don't do it then, you will suffer for it later. Yep, I love that. You, you parent together. And I know it's um, in, in blended families, that can, be, that can be something. This is not a, maybe one day we'll, well, we will, we'll have a series on parenting, but um, you're both the parents, and God's grace is big enough to even intervene in our brokenness. And so it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. Um, just invite the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're, we're trying to parent. Or, or we need parents together because they need a father and a mother. And so I, I think that's awesome. Is there anything else you ladies would like to say? Anything on your hearts? It's just for, the, for all you younger girls is to stay pure and wait on God. You know, I had my child, and I, was a, I became a single and Edwin mom the first time I found out I was pregnant. And it, the Lord has just shown me, you know, he has such perfect plans for y'all. So I would just say Amen. my advice to y'all is wait on the Lord. Stay pure. Don't be in a hurry to get in a relationship. When the time is right, he's going to bring that right person for you. Amen. 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 I think for me is just finding the peace of giving your children to God. Um, I Like, again, I was a control. I had a being just being in control of uh, so many things and just being perfect parent and I found so much peace in giving it to God and giving my children to God that he has full total control if we surrender and teaching my kids that if I want them to be great I have to be great first and they will follow on that says but completely giving my children to God was very very big for me amen and I, I just uh, suggest that you pray with your children, read the Bible with your children, yep. just show them the relationship that you have with God so that they can see yes. and they can know that they too need to have that relationship with God. Amen. I agree with the praying. Um, pray with them every morning. Pray with them every night. Make sure that they understand what they're reading. Let them know that you're there to answer any questions if they have any questions. Yes. If y'all don't know, look, at it to get, look for it together. Like, just make sure that it's understood what they're reading. Amen. And to me, regardless of what your kids, at whatever age they are, you are their parent. You might be 80, they might be 40, you could be 40, they could be 10. You are their parent. They need you. You got to find different ways to talk to them because they will always need you. Amen. That's good. Let's give a hand clap for our mothers this morning. Amen. <laughs>